So here we are on the first ever Football Fun Factory podcast. We've absolutely loved recording it and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Today on the Football Fun Factory podcast, we are going to be discussing at what age should football academies start? It's without doubt a very interesting subject that I'm sure will have some really interesting points of view. The game has changed a huge amount over the years, particularly in the recruitment of young players, which now sees clubs signing children from the age of seven years old, training three times a week and playing in a game at the weekend. Back when I was growing up, it was all very different, where you wouldn't officially sign for a club until the age of 14, with one training session a week and a fixture on a Sunday. That age has now dramatically fallen. The big changes began in 1997, after Howard Wilkinson's Charter for Quality Review saw football clubs begin changing how youth systems are run. And the introduction of the EPPP in 2008, after England failed to qualify for the Euros that year in an attempt to significantly improve the quality of young players coming through at professional clubs. This is without doubt succeeded at the very top end with top talent coming through and flourishing within our national team. But at the same time, has seen so many children join systems at a young age only to be cast aside when deemed surplus to requirements. So the big question today is, what age should children join the academy system? With less than 1% of kids who join a professional club ending up making it as a professional player, should there be changes made to the system or is it all worth it for those with extraordinary talent who make it to our national team? Johnny, you spent many years working at a professional club within the foundation phase. What have your experiences been with this? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I worked at Cambridge United for close to a decade. Obviously, JC, we, we had a crossover at our time there. Um, and when I was foundation phase lead, I would predominantly look after sort of children from under 12 all the way down. And then we started the pre-academy at, there were some children in the pre-academy from sort of like six and seven years, years of age. Um, so I've had quite a lot of experience working with those younger age groups, seen firsthand the, the challenges that present, seen firsthand the, the brilliant opportunities that presents as well for those, those children at the youngest age groups. And then obviously we worked together as, as part of the development programme at Cambridge as well, where... I think it was there was five year olds in that that program at the time. Yeah, I think it was five through to fourteen years old at the time, and then I worked uh, across all the different community football programs as well. So I saw children of a similar age to what you're talking about, six and seven years old, but not necessarily playing at that level, or certainly not signed to the club. So sort of seen between us all, I think we've seen the the different variations of youth football at those age groups, right from playing football for fun, right through to playing football, training three times a week and playing matches on a weekend. Interesting. So what we're going to do now is delve a little bit deeper into this subject and put this question on trial. Now it's time for Chaddy's Court. If you're listening on audio, I suggest you take a look at the YouTube video because I am dressed up like a judge and look absolutely (laughs) ridiculous, but... I'm buzzing with my new haircut. Anyway, it's now time to put this question on trial. I've got two envelopes here, both with very 
different opinions of when children should join football academies. I'm going to give one to James and one to Johnny. They don't know what's on the card and whatever it is, they need to argue the point, whether they agree with it or not. James? Thank you. Johnny? Cheers, Chad. James, do you want to read out? Sir Chad. Sir Sir Judge. Sir Judge. (laughs) Sir Judge Chadwick. Children should not join an academy until they're at secondary school. Interesting stuff. Johnny? Uh, Children should sign with an academy from age five. Okie dokie. So we're going to start with the opening statements. James, I'd like you to start. Okay, so my children should not join an academy until they're at secondary school. I think the very fact that so few children, we always throw the stat out, don't we? 0.012% of all children that play football go on to achieve what you did, Luke, which was to become a Premier League professional. So with that in mind, I think it's really important that children have their childhood. So ultimately, at an academy, children are going to be training three times a week. They're going to be playing games on the weekend. Those games could be away from home. I've got uh, a little girl who goes to primary school. She's only four, but to imagine her at five or six years old training three times a week, I mean, she's tired at the best of times. So I think to do that and then to travel to Brighton or Man City or wherever it might be on the weekend seems absolutely crazy to me at this moment in time. I think that children should, at the, the very young ages, express themselves as much as they can, be free. And I think that academies at that age group is really going to tie a child down to make to having to be in a certain place at a certain time. And one of the greatest things about a childhood, I believe, is the fact that you have freedom, flexibility, and can express yourselves and enjoy yourselves as much as possible. So I think that joining the academy at such a young age is, uh, is absolutely the wrong thing. Strong opening statement. Johnny? So for me, if a child doesn't sign for an academy at the age of five, they will never make it as a pro. They've got absolutely no chance. They need to be training at least three times a week at that young age to get the fundamentals, to get the the technique ingrained into their brain, ingrained into the way that they play from five years old. They need to be training. They need to be playing matches. They need to be having loads and loads of different experiences. They should be going to Manchester and Brighton to play these matches because otherwise they won't develop and they'll never make it as a professional footballer. Strong statements, God. I'm going to put a bit of question in. James, you spoke about sort of missing out on the childhood by signing for a professional football club with all the training and whatnot. But what if the the child absolutely loves it? They enjoy going to football. They enjoy playing for the professional club. What would be your sort of caveat to that? Good question. So some children will. Some children will absolutely love it and some children will absolutely hate it and there'll be everything in between like anything in life especially when you're a young child and your opinions can change in the in in a in a heartbeat i think that there's a chance that then children stop playing football so if a child loves it they may love it for a period of time but then something changes but if they get really really tired or they they find they're traveling too much equally they then might just find that it's not for them. And if it becomes really serious at a really young age, then I just feel that there's a chance that then that six-year-old, who could have gone on to become a professional footballer, might have been better joining when they were 11 or 12 years old. Okie dokie. Johnny, you talked about 
join an academy at five years old. But how how does anyone know the talent? You know, Chad, you definitely know. At the age of five, you can see the fine motor skills, the way that children move at that age. You can see if they take to it quickly. They're starting to receive it on their back foot. They're using both their left and right foot. If they don't get into an academy from the age of five, there is no way they'll be able to put those fundamental skills. And like you said, only one what one percent or zero point zero one two percent of children go on to to play at that highest level. The reason for that is because not enough children are signing for an academy at the age of five. So that would mean on that basis that there are no examples of anyone that's joined later on throughout their career, John, who's never, no one that's in double digits joined an academy and gone on to become a I just know if I started at the age of five, I would have played for Man United. (laughs) No chance. No way in a million years, Johnny. So question question for you, Luke. Uh, What what age did you join an academy? You're you're a good case study. So it was completely different when I was um, growing up. So I um, didn't play for, it wasn't called academies back then, it was School of Excellences. And I signed for Arsenal as an under-13 player, was the first professional club that I I played for. And that was a case of training one evening a week and playing a game at the weekend, but still being able to, to play with my friends and do everything that I wanted to do in terms of football. I found it quite challenging going to a different football club where I was quite shot, quiet, quiet and shy and sort of mixing with different children and, and found that really tough and was much more comfortable within my own environment. In, I think, genuinely think, if I if it was a system now, I'm not sure that I would have made it as a professional player. If I went into a system at seven, eight years old, I think the the way that I learned to play football was with my friends, expressing myself in my grassroots team. And that was massive for me because I had so much success in my younger days by by doing that and not signing and playing with all the best players. So I think it's, um, I understand why professional clubs do it because every club does it now and they're so scared of missing out on the next big thing. But at the age of six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 years old, no one really knows Who's going to make it? Who's going to become a professional football player? (laughs) So Johnny and James have expressed their very different viewpoints on this subject. Of course, it was not their own opinions. It was two different opinions that they were arguing the case of. And now it's my job in Chaddy's court to decide who the winner of that debate was. And the winner will receive... The Premier League winner's medal. So it's a big prize. You get to keep it for a week and then we'll go on next week. So I am going to declare the winner of this argument. I don't think you'll be surprised. In my opinion, James, you are the winner. It's an outrage. Thanks very much, Luke. So let me award you the... um, Premier League winner's medal. Thank you very much. Congratulations. That's the first medal you've ever won, JC. Okay, we're going to get back into this debate. I'm going to get out of this ridiculous outfit and we're going to talk through this in some more detail. So we've had a little bit of fun of what is a very serious and interesting subject. Now we're going to talk about it a little bit more and find out your true opinions. Johnny, I'd be interested to know if you 
truly believe that children should join a professional club at five years old. I definitely don't. I don't think that anyone should, at the age of five, have to sign for an academy. I think it's far too young. I do think there are lots of benefits from um, starting at the, sort of those younger ages. Just from my experience, when I was foundation phase lead, although the children were very young at the ages of, sort of seven, eight years old, they obviously don't sign until they're under nine years so they would be sort of eight years old in, in the most cases. And there were some fantastic experiences that the children were exposed to. Um, we used to go away on tour and the social benefits from, from those experiences that the children had. The fact that sort of eight, nine years old, we were playing teams like Juventus. And whether those children go on to make it at the very highest level, they could sit around the dinner table in 10 years time and, and say to their their family that they played against Juventus in a tournament, in, in a semi-final, whatever it may be. So I do think there are lots of benefits, but the seriousness of academy football, and actually at that youngest age group, like you said, Luke, earlier on, I don't think you ever know, like even when they get older, how if they're going to make it or not. There's so many moving parts. So for me, I think that academy should should sign children at a younger age but there probably should be some adjustments to the amount of times they train the distance they travel to go to matches and those types of things but I do think there are benefits from children starting at a younger age around sort of nine ten years old but I'd be keen to hear what, what your opinion is JC yeah I think it's like anything it's a balance isn't it we're given two really contrasting views mine that children shouldn't join an academy until secondary school yours that they should start from five years old and like anything, it's probably somewhere in the middle and there's a bit of a balance to be to be had. I think that with academies' involvement, absolutely you could sign for an academy from a really young age. It's just what that actually means and what that actually entails because it's, it's quite set, isn't it, that it's pretty intense, it's lots of training, it's lots of travelling. It becomes, we've, we've almost said in the, in the past, becomes a bit of a job at a young age yeah, for children. And I think that if there's anything in those younger age groups that means that children could potentially stop playing the game, then that should be pulled immediately. No, right. yeah, I com completely agree with that. I think there is, like you allude to there, Johnny, there, there's so many fantastic experiences. I think what challenges me a lot is a lot of the time them experiences can be lost because it is, being in an academy, there's fantastic aspects to that but I think a lot of the time the the journey gets lost and it's all about the the destination of becoming a professional footballer and obviously what we've spoke about such a few percentage get the opportunity to do that and it's more the the information around that I'd be really interested to hear about when children are signing for the academies is that spoke about a lot in terms of you sign in for a club at nine, you've got a million, probably a billion miles to go to get out the other end and have a career in the game. What, how is that set up in your experience? Yeah, so when I was foundation phase lead, I'd always try and take the pressure out of the situation. But unfortunately, at the end of each year, or sometimes every two years, depending on the age that they are, there was a release or retain. And as much as you'd try and give children and parents as much notice around how their child's getting on and, and how they're developing. At the end of the year, there still is that, that big decision. And as much as you try and 
either avoid that conversation so people don't worry about it or bring it up all the time so people are comfortable with that and that fact that that's a, a part of academy football to be honest there isn't really a, a winning scenario in that in that case because at the end they still get retained or released and it does create that that immense pressure because it's not you don't even think about becoming a professional footballer at the end of it it's at nine years old do I get released and do I then have to tell all my mates at school that I've been released by my football club that becomes an identity at those younger age groups and I think that's what's really difficult and because you don't know how good a child's going to be and they develop all at different rates and at nine years old they might be the best player but they might not be when they're older it is so difficult and to be honest there is no there is no scenario for me in my eyes where you win in, in that case because at the end of the year you either disappoint someone because they're released and then it, like I said it becomes part of their identity or you keep them on and then actually they struggle within the group and that affects their confidence and those things so it's, it's a it's a sort of the the nature of the beast is professional football obviously at the end coaches when I was in academy football I had to try and produce a player that's what I was judged on if I was doing a good job or not and like you're gonna you're gonna hurt children you're gonna hurt families you're gonna hurt parents throughout that journey and throughout that process so it is it is really difficult yeah I think that is uh, from my experience working within academies is that point where you have to say that it's not the right thing and it's the sort of time and commitment that not just the child that the family has put into it makes that obviously a really hard conversation but at the same time we don't really know do we which sort of goes back to your point in the sort of debate in terms of you know more as children get older we don't know how they're going to develop physically mentally all different aspects of it which in my mind I believe that children shouldn't sign for a professional football club until they're at secondary school in their teenage years where at least you've got more scope of what they're going to end up, what they're going to be. So it's it's such a a tough question to answer. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on what Johnny's just yeah, spoke about. I there. think there's, I agree that there's there there's no winner in that scenario. You either cause huge anxiety by constantly talking about the possibility of being released, or you hide away from it, and then it becomes a shock mm. when it happens. And I think there's of all the children that get released from an academy at eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. I can imagine that their relationship with the game of football is soured from a very young age. But then it's almost worse if you're released at 16 years old because you've gone through that whole process of seven, eight years of your life believing that you're going you're gonna to make it and you've, you've had a yes, 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 yes all the way through and then you get then to the final stage and it's a no. And that can be so hard to bounce back from. The flip side is then... What does that build in you in terms of character? And I think that there are huge benefits to children playing and having those experiences at a very young age because in that scenario, you may build resilience and that resilience could help you in your working career, whatever you go on to do in the future or playing semi-pro football alongside a job or whatever it might be, which is still a fantastic thing to do and a, a very low percentage of people even have the opportunity or talent level to go on to do that. I think that... One of the biggest benefits from children playing from a really young age is those experiences and those life experiences. And it does really tie back into the Football Fun Factory ethos of developing life skills in children because we talk all the time about teamwork and encouragement and championing others and 
and being a fantastic sportsman and individual and sports person. But the one of the biggest benefits of being part of an academy is actually the, the fact that throughout all those experiences, playing those away games or whatever it might be, going to these great training grounds, you're having to step out of your comfort zone. You're having to become part of a team. You're having to learn how to take the lead and show leadership from a very young age. So there's massive, massive benefits in that. Um, but I, it sort of goes back to what I said at the start. I think it's just a massive balancing act between the polar opposites of starting at your really young age or starting almost too late where you haven't had the opportunity to develop those skills that you actually need to make it to the top. Yeah, really interesting word you said, resilience, and you you hear it spoke about a lot saying you need resilience, but is it is it possible to really build resilience and have an understanding of resilience as a 11-year-old child who's been released from a football club? You don't really understand your mind completely and you've just had that massive disappointment and it's, you feel like all your dreams have, have been shattered by being let go there. That's where, in my eyes, professional football clubs still need to, to do more to educate the children, but probably more importantly, educate parents of what an experience of being an academy footballer is. Yeah, and I think, I think the journey that academies have gone on and the journey that a lot of coaches have gone on, I've been really fortunate to have gone on some fantastic courses and the FA are trying to do a lot of work around sort of trying to get the, the coaches to build in these life skills within their sessions and and all the experiences that children get. And I, I definitely think, especially in the last sort of five, ten years, just since I've been involved in academy football, there has been huge strides forward with regards to that. And don't forget, you've got coaches that are working like three evenings and a Saturday probably and a Sunday morning. So a lot of hours for four or five thousand pounds a year, like which is mind blowing by the way. But the only reason they do it is because they absolutely love it. They love football. They love the children that they're working with. They want to try and make a positive difference, not only to their football skills, but also their hopefully their life skills. And and I've seen so many brilliant coaches and staff that work in so many different clubs around the country and there is a real emphasis on trying to teach these life skills like resilience but like you said they're children and it does become their identity and I've seen it it really break children when they get released from an academy and like the amount of work that could go into trying to soften those message or trying to develop resilience in the children to be honest sometimes it just it's nothing you can do because when you get that no when you get that release letter then it it does break you and I think it's so so hard for coaches so hard for academies to try and deliver that in a good way to set children up for success so they can cope with that because I just think there is there is no good outcome from it unfortunately. I think um, as a parent of young children sometimes when you turn the tv off at seven o'clock at night and it's tell them it's time for bed they have an absolute meltdown (laughs) And that is such a tiny thing to us, isn't it? Because we've built a level of resilience. Now we're talking about children of the same age being told they're released from what has been formed as part of their identity. I think that's absolutely huge and could be quite devastating. They probably will look back at that experience as a positive later on in life. So I do think that they'll go through for some real adversity at that time. They'll find it really difficult to deal with. I find it a real challenge. I think that years later, 
they'll look back and go, do you know what? Actually, that taught me a few lessons, but at the time could be quite devastating. And for me, the most important thing as a, as a passionate football coach, someone that just loves to see children with a smile on their face playing football, my greatest fear is that children in those circumstances stop playing the game. Yeah. And, there's, and stats back that up. Not even stop playing though, but stop being involved in football full stop. So they, they then don't go and watch football. They're not a fan and they just fall out of love with it completely. And we've even seen some of the head coaches at the Football Fun Factory that sort of were in academies or, or were playing professional football and that got released or, or stopped playing. And, and then they sort of fell out of love with it. And actually it's been the Football Fun Factory and putting smiles on the children's faces that has actually ignited that love in their coaching and, and their love for football again, which is, which is great to see. Yeah, I think um, in terms of them positive early experiences, that's what develops a real love for football, isn't it? And I know in some academies, well, they all try and put on fun sessions for the kids to, to help them fall in love with them. But it is at the end of the day about development, isn't it? But it's so hard to develop children as human because that's more important isn't it than yeah. the football aspects or anything like that it's about developing the person it's whether that can be done as effectively if you're always striving to develop the player at that young age what was your experience of that knowing that your job was develop the kids as footballers but they're only seven eight years old as but having that in your mind that the most important thing here is that these children enjoy the experience and you'll develop them as human beings. So the, to be honest, the biggest challenge or the biggest problems that I faced is I actually came away from that. And because of the environment of academy football and because at the end of the year you are judged on the amount of children that are retained from under nines to under tens and, and develop, developing them as players. And then when you go and play other academies... Like you have to put the score in on PMA and the system in there and things like that. Like you are judged on on results even at that youngest age. And I think for me, I actually because I was in that environment for quite a while and for so long, I probably came away from the core essence of what I was as a coach when I first started, where I was all about fun, where I was all about putting smiles on faces, where I was all about developing these children as people. And actually, the longer I was involved in academy football, the further away I got from, from that. And I think that's probably part of the challenge is that coaches are, are marked, like it's your job, it's your livelihood, and you are marked and graded and you keep your job at the end of the year if you're doing a good job, which is developing players. And I think that's, that's the problem, isn't it? It's, that's the industry, that's the business where you are judged on getting this child to improve at striking with their left foot. At the end of the day, if that child is saying please and thank you after football and shaking the coach's hand before they leave, well, you don't type that in on PMA and that isn't essentially what then gets judged. So it's really difficult. I think it is sort of a bit of a broken industry to, to some extent. I think it's the, the life skills. What are the life skills? So it's we talk about developing life skills, skills for academies and I highlighted the fact that actually... They do, that the, the children yeah. do develop a number of different skills through that. It's just that those skills are probably quite different to the skills that are developed for through, for example, grassroots football. So teamwork, <coughs> excuse me, teamwork is a massive one for development in grassroots football because you're part of the team. It's very much about the team, team isn't it, and coming together and 
fundraising and all those kind of things and kind of that real humility that sits around um, grassroots football is quite good whereas that gets then elevated to go into a Premier League training ground it's then where, where's the humility so it's it's the different types of skills different types of life skills that you can develop in the game and I think yes resilience may be developed but is that a key skill for ch a child to develop rather than learning how to encourage their peers because actually that's a life skill that cuts across not just sport not just football participation, but actually the rest of their lives. Yeah. So going in and being a fantastic member of a team is going to really help them with their career, whatever career they go into, whether they're an accountant, whether they work within sports, the sports industry, or whether they do something completely different, they're going to be a member of a team. So it's those more kind of flexible life skills that I think that really cut across all aspects of life and not just sport and football. Yeah, and I think all the experiences that you have as a child, of course, shapes you, doesn't it? as a human being and sort of having positive experiences. Some children will come out of academy football and flourish because of the, the skills that they've learned. I think the biggest concern is how many children go into academy football now at their youngest ages. And we go back to the question that we started with at the start, with whether it, they come in too young, whether it should be secondary school, whatever age it may be. In your mind, should it be less numbers going into that really elite environment because in my experience it is a huge percentage of children are at professional football clubs to fill up a team for those exceptional talents that may have an opportunity to become a professional footballer yeah it's, it's so difficult though because I think you could argue that actually if you had teams of 40, 50 children, that all of those children get those experiences, get those opportunities to go away on tour. They get those opportunities to um, like have those experiences where they go away to different grounds and they're, they're training with their mates every week. And actually, I think I'd see, you'd see loads of benefits from that, that you're making a, a mass impact. And, and that's, what, that's one of the reasons why I joined the Football Fun Factory, because I wanted, wanted to make a mass impact. I wanted to make a difference on as many lives as possible. And like... When you have got 12 in a group, you are right. There are two or three that are the top performers of that age and the perceived ones to have the, the talent level that it, they need to, to go on to play at the highest level. And I just, like I said, I, I just think the industry is broken because there are so many good coaches that try so hard to develop these lives because there are so many creative thinkers within academy football that like try and develop these children and all of the children within the group. Just to challenge you on that, a few minutes ago you were talking about how you maybe came away from, from that a little bit, being in the academy environment, being tasked to really develop the football side of the children. What, what were your thoughts on that? I do think, I can't speak for other people, that was me personally. I think I was reflective, I saw myself... Um, on a coach observation that the FA came in and filmed me and I watch it back and, and I saw that I was so different to what I first was and, and maybe where I was quite young and inexperienced at the time, first sort of job at Cambridge and exposed to coaching, I maybe didn't have everything worked out and we're talking about these young children being able to work out all these life skills and develop and everything else and maybe at the age of 25 I wasn't quite there yet. Um, Look, like I said, I do think there are some brilliant people involved within academy football that really care. And to, like I said earlier on, you have to because the pay isn't great across academy football and football clubs. I do think that 
the amount of people within academy football that are trying to do the right thing. There will be some people that are um, exposed to that environment for too long and then do sort of go down the other route. But I do think as a, as a whole, the system, and there are enough good people in there that are trying to do the best thing for children. Coming back to what I said about earlier on about how, whether it's like 50 in a group or seven in a group, once again, I don't think you'll ever get it right. I don't think that no matter how many children you've got in a group, you're going to be doing right by everyone because at the end of the day, they're still going to get retained or released or they're going to have that devastation when they don't become a professional footballer. I mean, the point I was making with sort of less children having to experience that was sort of going back to your point at the start of the podcast, James, about children coming into the system later rather than coming in at the same age but having smaller groups in their ages. Would that fix some of the problems in terms of children aren't locked into a system from eight years old and they come into it. Obviously for that to happen would take huge changes and every single football club would have to do it, which is probably never going to happen now. But would that be a positive change, do you think? So I think for me, look, you guys have kids. I don't have kids yet. Um, Just got married, but no kids on the way. But I think for me... If I have a child that is talented enough to be an academy player, I will give them that sort of opportunity and that exposure to be involved in that. But I think one thing that I will be really strong on is that it doesn't become their life. It doesn't become their identity. And they go and play other sports. They have a keen interest in whatever they want to do outside of football. And I think that maybe there's a bit of education around the parents and around the coaches and parent relationship and I think there's probably more work that can be done at those younger age groups to try and take away that pressure, to make not it such a huge thing for those younger age groups. Because ultimately, if there were 50 or seven children in an under eight, under nine age group within an academy, but everyone was aware that this isn't the be all and end all, this isn't to get to that end route of becoming a professional footballer. And this was just one of the things that they do to develop some life skills to become a better footballer to to try and improve then that's where for me I think that it, it could be improved and there could be some work done around that to, to help shape that I don't know what you think JC I, th- I think what, it's just what you're talking there about whether there's a small group or a large group of children I'd just be really interested to see what you two think if there were say using that example 50 or 7 if there were seven children that were selected as the best seven to join the under nines versus we take 50 children and we keep them as long as possible to see kind of how they develop and how they grow. Of those 43 children that weren't part of the academy, do you think any of them would have become a pro? I think, it's, I think there's every chance at that age because like the best talent recruitment scout in the world, no one's got yeah. a clue what they're going to so, so end up like. My gut feeling is that there'd be more professional footballers that come out of the 43 than the seven, because I just think that nobody has a clue. Like lots of people sit around the table and it's their job to have a clue and know. But ultimately what what quite often happens is that something somewhere along the line surprises you. And there's so many examples, countless examples of children that weren't even in the academy until they're 14 or got released from a club in one league and then joined a club in a much higher league years later. There's so many examples of that. And I think it just goes to show that actually it's just about creating opportunities. And for me, that would be my summary that 
at the Football Fan Factory, we created opportunities for anyone to play football. Two, three to 12 years old, boys or girls, any age, any ability, anyone can play. And I think that academy football needs to take a little bit of that. Now, of course, you can't open an academy up for anyone to, to take part. That would be crazy. But I do think that we should be more flexible and less rigid with our views in that it's the best of the best of the best of the best because actually there, there may be children that are missing out that then have a massive growth spurt when they're 11. And maybe just because their dad is five foot eight, they go on to be six foot two. Just because the science doesn't say that they're going to be a professional footballer or going to be a certain height, then then actually maybe we should have a little bit more freedom of thought and to let the percentage game kind of play out and just along the way, if we give more opportunities to more children, then surely that can't be a bad thing. It's a good point. You've left me speechless there. What, going back to the like 50 children rather than seven, I think the, the, the massive point that I'd go to on that, and you mentioned it right at the very start of the, the chat today, is, for example, Luton Town. You've got 50 children. Seven of them live within two minutes of where the training ground is, the other 43 live an hour away, but they've got some sort of potential, as it as it, as it'd be said. What what do you think about that? Because I think a massive problem, maybe problems the wrong word, but the the amount of time that at times is given up to driving an eight year old child an hour to training, what they miss out on the schoolwork and whatnot. I think something needs to be done in terms of its children that are close by. We Like we said at Football Fun Factory, putting football on children's doorsteps and having something in place where there's not an hour's limit because it's way, way too far. So I think I think that's that's the potential argument there, going back to what the, the case you were arguing earlier on, JC, around like children didn't start to the 12. If that was the rule and no academy football started till they were 12, then all of the children would play for their local grassroots club. The caveat to that is then you would get someone that sets up the academy and charges parents a fortune and then tries to sort of monetize that, that situation. And it's then you're in this vicious circle. Like the, There needs to either be sort of real strict rules and regulations around nothing before the age of 12, all around having fun. Grassroots football is the, the main sort of driver. Programmes like ours where it is around fun and trying to put smiles on faces and develop these life skills. And if that was the rule for everyone, then you probably would get even more children come through rather than just the seven because more children would be playing, more children would be falling in love with the game. And for me, in my experiences, I've not seen any children go on to play at the highest level or go on to make it as a pro that weren't obsessed with football, that didn't absolutely love it and didn't have a football under their arm everywhere they went and like just, just loved everything about football. And I think maybe that's where the argument earlier on we said around it starting at 12, maybe that could be the answer if everyone was playing for fun until it got to those older age groups and then you look to to integrate a bit more serious and, and competitiveness then. but I'm going to stop you there, Johnny. Fantastic last point. We're going to leave this conversation for now and go on to some listeners' questions. So we've got a question here from Bonnie. What's the best thing parents can do to help their children in football? 
Start with you, Johnny, because you're not a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, like I said earlier on, I think when I become a parent, the most important thing for me is that they are safe, they're happy, and they're having fun. And I think that whatever they want to go and do, whether that be football, whether that be play for an academy, whether that be do a completely different sport or no sport at all, I just want to be there to support them. And I think that's the biggest thing for parents in my eyes is to be your child's super fan, to be the, the biggest cheerer on the sidelines, not just on a football sense, but just in life in general. And I think parents just need to be there to support their child through their choices, to help them as much as possible. In a football sense, I think it's try and take away that pressure, try and um, speak to them at the end of the game and ask them questions like, did you have fun? Did you try your hardest today? And try and really bring up those important life skills. But as a parent, JC, you're probably best placed to answer this yeah, more so than me. I think it's just support and encouragement. I think you summarised it well. So it's support them in what they want to do rather than tell them what they want to do. Because quite often we've seen we've all seen scenarios where Children are taken from club to club to club or grassroots team and changed to another grassroots team. But ultimately, what it, what it should come down to is what the child wants to do and let it be child-led rather than parent-led. Yeah, I think I've got um, some personal experience in this. And I think when my young, eldest sorry, started playing football, I was the worst possible <laughs> football parent. was still playing professional football myself and really pushed sort of told him that he weren't working hard enough, telling him everything that he wasn't doing right. And it got to the point where he didn't want me to take him to football anymore. And that absolutely broke my heart and knew that it was that I had to change in the way that that I spoke to him at football and the way that he sort of wanted me to take him to. And I think it's having gone through that experience, the, what you talk about there, Johnny, in terms of the way that you question your children, the way that you ask them if they've had fun more than do this, do that is so, so important when they're growing up, doing any activity really. We've all seen those pushy parents that sort of are always asking for more. And I was, I'm ashamed to say one of them for around three months from my child started playing football, but probably the biggest, well, one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned is they're your child. All you want to do as a parent is see your, your your children enjoy whatever ever activities they're doing and you've got a, a massive impact in that because you're the most important person or one of the most important people in your child's life. So good advice, Johnny. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and we've also got a question from Purse. What's the one thing you love most about coaching, James? Seeing the smiles on the children's faces. Really simple. I just... What, however we create that so we've talked today a lot about academy football about really talented children whether they should join an academy at a young age I think if that makes them happy then that's great I think that if, if jumping inside an inflatable football pitch and playing with a giant football makes them happy at two years old then that's great too for me it's really about putting smiles on children's faces and the skill of the coach is finding the way in which to do that developing relationships with the children so that you know what pushes that kid's buttons, what, what makes them really, really enjoy it. It might be having that one-to-one -one interaction with you throughout the session, having a chat, making a joke, or actually stepping back and leaving them to it because they really want to focus on their own development. So smiles on faces for me is what it's all about. Yeah, I'd echo that. I think for me is 
quite selfishly really, but I love it when I see a child that I coach run up to me with a huge smile on their face, maybe in the street or before a session and like sort of admire you really and, and you knowing that you've got such a positive impact on that child's life. There's a little lad, I always think about this when I uh, talk about this, but Hugo. And whenever he runs on the, on the AstroTurf, he's got a huge smile on his face. If we're at tot sessions and his sister's taking part in the tots and he sees me, his eyes light up and he gives me a big like, double thumbs up. And I think that's, that's the thing for me. That's what I love about coaching is the impact and the positive impact that you can have on the ch- children's lives to be that role model that they look up to and inspire. And, and that's what it's all about for me, inspiring children to fall in love with football so they stay involved for, for many years to come. Yeah, I think my coaching journey's changed quite a lot over the years and obviously coming on board with the Football Fun Factory was something completely different in terms of I'd always been involved in professional football and then a professional football club coaching where I was all about development and in all honesty got sick of the sound of my own voice at the side of the pitch, moaning at the players, moaning at the referees, sort of always saying what how I expected things to be done and and demanding that, whereas I noticed that I didn't really like myself. I didn't like the person I, I was on the side of the football pitch, which sparked me to to make a step away and do something different. And probably the biggest reward that I've had since joining the Football Fun Factory is very similar to you, is seeing children smiling and happy after the session, which probably didn't happen very much when I was coaching at a professional club. But there's nothing more rewarding than seeing children smile playing football because at the end of the day, that's why we all started playing it as kids, isn't it? Because we loved it and we wanted to have fun with it. 100%. A final question from our head coach, Tom. Podcasts in general have certainly grown in popularity over recent years, with Diary of a CEO being one of many examples. Why do you think that it is and therefore why start one for the FFF? And why now? I love Diary of a CEO. It's one of my favourites. Why do people listen to podcasts? I think because for me, drawing on my own experiences, I listen to them when I'm driving. I think that's a a great way to take in content. And for people that lead busy lives, like most of us do, then then actually it's, it's a way to kind of immerse yourselves in that. I think people really enjoy just hearing opinions, especially if they disagree with something someone says, a bit of uh, controversy is always good and I think that we'll get that through through this podcast why are we doing it now uh, I think that Football Fun Factory's got some huge ambitions we want to become the world's leading children's football coaching organisation we say it all the time we want to spread our wings we want to move into new parts of the country we want to move into other countries and bring football fun to, to everyone across across the world eventually so to do that we're going to need to find different platforms different audiences and different ways of making a splash and, and making people aware of who we are and what we do so with that in mind i think the podcast is a great way to reach an audience of people that listen to podcasts first and foremost but then also give people an opportunity who already know about the football fun factory to come and listen and learn more Great answer. The reason for me is I get the opportunity to wear my judge's wig and feel what it's like to have hair again. Thanks for listening. It's been fantastic chatting with James and Johnny today. Next week, we'll be talking about parents' involvement on the sidelines of a football pitch. If you've got any questions, please drop us a message on our Facebook profile and we will answer as many as we can next week.